Hi, I'm Amanda Maxime, and you're listening to This Expat Life. While life abroad is often amazing, it is not only rainbows and butterflies, as all experienced expats know. From drinking fresh coconuts to dealing with a personal crisis, This Expat Life opens up space for all facets of life abroad, and what you can do to thrive in it. As a certified coach and former expat myself, I dive into the good, the bad and the ugly of expat life, while I share tips, tell relatable stories and connect with fellow expats. Whether you're just about to take off for your first international adventure or have been repatted already, this expat life is your place to find real understanding and to grow from the inside out. Enjoy this episode! Hello and welcome to This Expat Life. I'm delighted to have you here again. And I'm particularly excited about today's episode as I am talking to Coco Hofs. Coco and I actually met on Instagram and without ever having met each other in real life, we just hit it off digitally. And when I learned about what Coco was doing for a living currently, I knew right away I want to invite her for my podcast show. Coco now lives in Chile and Peru and she works as an entrepreneur, but this wasn't always the case. After several years working in a corporate executive role for H&M in the Netherlands, Coco got the opportunity to move for her employer abroad in 2016. For H&M, she worked and lived in Singapore, Japan and South America, where she was based in Chile. It was in Japan when she got overwhelmed by the fact that managing cultural differences in the workplace took a lot of time and energy, something that I also know actually. And managing a team with different cultural backgrounds was challenging for her. So Coco seeked for support in order to help her overcome cultural differences between her and her colleagues, but help was nowhere to be found. After working for 17 years in the corporate industry, she started her own business in 2021. And Coco now trains companies and professionals on how to overcome cultural differences in the international workplace, so that they can lead their businesses effectively to get better results in a global economy. Coco works 100% remote and divides her time between Chile and Peru with her Chilean partner. Coco and I talk about her past and her current experiences of living abroad, but also what she does within her business nowadays. And honestly, I found this interview so interesting. I could listen to Coco for many more hours, I'm sure. And while she was talking, I was thinking, oh damn, I wish I had known this when I lived abroad. I wish I had known this about myself and about the Brazilian culture, about the Brazilian context where I was living in. Because Coco shows that cultural differences are not about the other culture. It's also about how you, from your culture and your own experience, perceive them. And I found this fascinating. And I hope that you find her stories and her work just as interesting. And if you like what she does, please know that she's also a guest speaker for Expat Life School. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Coco. Welcome to This Expat Live. Thank you very much. Good afternoon for me. Good after... No, good evening, good evening for you. for me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm delighted to have you on the show. Thank you for, uh, thank for you. joining us here. No, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, I feel honored to be part of the show. Oh, that's great. Um, I know that you split your time between Chile and Peru, and you just said good afternoon. So I'm assuming you're in one of those countries right now. But where are you exactly? I am currently in Lima, the capital of Peru. Uh, we arrived actually last night. So I had a relatively short night. We had a night flight. Uh, indeed, we're, we're splitting our time in between Chile and Peru. Uh, three weeks in Lima and 10 days a month in, in Santiago. Wow, that sounds like my dream life, honestly. <laughs> it, I mean, uh, for me, it's best out of both worlds. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and even though 
both cities are obviously Latin American um, cities, but they're very different. They have, like everywhere, pros and cons. But um, no, I'm very happy. It's it's really great. Great. Can you share a little bit about the way? Like, how did you get there? What is your history? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, in I worked for H&M, the Swedish retailer, for... 17 years. I always feel a bit embarrassed mentioning the the, the quantity of years. <laughs> um, uh, in the Netherlands from origin, and it was in 2016 when I got the opportunity to move abroad for H&M. And I uh, started in Singapore, then I moved to Japan, and it was in 2018 when for H&M as well, I moved to Chile. And there I was responsible for Chile, Peru, and Uruguay. So I, in that time, also, uh, let's say, shared my time within between those three countries. And um, funny fact is that in Chile, uh, there's a lot of Dutch women married or in a relationship with Chilean men. And I always said, okay, that is not going to happen to me. I'm not going to fall in love with a local. That is the most inconvenient thing that you can imagine i'm here on a temporary contract yeah but like many things if you say them out loud you know you manifest them in some yes. sort of a way yeah and um so you uh, got the latin lover i got a latin lover absolutely and um uh philippe is from chile and um in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic my work contract for H&M came to an end or my assignment in Chile came to an end. And then within the pandemic, we have, let's say, established our relationship on long distance. And then it was in 2021 when I moved to Chile. Uh, and I think we I was there six months and then my partner got an opportunity to uh, move to Peru for his employer. So yeah, we were hardly established in Chile together and then we packed our bags and moved to Lima. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. That's quite a lot. You've moved a lot as well uh, in several countries. And even if you lived at the place, you still divided your time in between different cities, between different countries. What would you say did you learn from moving around the world so much? Or what did each Ooh. bring you? Definitely. Well, for sure. And without any doubt, like different uh perspectives um the sense of belonging to a community i growing up in the netherlands and you know living and working there for for the majority of my life really i was never super aware of you know what it means to be dutch and what it means to also belong to a community the you know the dutch culture friends family and so on and moving abroad really, you know, took me out of that, let's say, you know, being uh, the fish outside of the water. Uh, so it has definitely brought me a broader perspective of how the world looks like, um, cultures, uh, how what it means to, you know, f make yourself feel at home without any external factors. Um, which is for me or has always been for me super important because if you move around a lot and even today uh, where I'm I'm spending my time or in Lima or in Santiago, it's extremely important to be able to feel at home regardless of where you are. 
And I wouldn't say I had that before. Hmm. Before, like before living in other countries, you didn't feel at home. No, before, let's say within the Netherlands, I think I, I definitely looking back at it, I definitely, you know, relied on external factors, um, you know, searching for, you know, feeling at home, feeling happy, feeling comfortable. Um, yeah, much more depending on external factors where when I moved in 2016 to Singapore or and after to Japan and to Chile, like, you know, you really need to be able to rely on yourself as well. And mm. I don't think that's a skill that I would have developed if mm. I stayed in the Netherlands. Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Um, and if yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think you also moved abroad as a single, right? Or at least not with your partner. In To Singapore, single. To Japan with a partner. And then um, uh, towards the end of that assignment, uh, single again. Yeah. So I, I, I traveled around or moved uh, abroad as a single as well. And I know like... I think every expat needs to rely on him or herself. But when you are single, this is like 100% the case because yeah. there's no one else to make friends, uh, to cook for you, to get you settled, to get the paperwork done, um, to feel happy. It's all up to you. Def definitely. I can I can relate. And I have, let's say, experienced both sides of, of that perspective. So I, I have lived in Japan with... Uh, at that time, my partner, um, maintaining a relationship, being an expat is also very challenging. It's extremely challenging, especially because we moved for my employer, for my work. Um, so it was extremely, I don't want to use the word unequal. But at a certain point, it it becomes unequal because you you're experiencing also expat life within a different cycle. The cycle, you know, you don't yeah. go through the cycle of expat life within the same pace. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very it's it's also challenging. I would say yeah. both have pros and cons. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, um, you mentioned that you are now feeling at home and you you feel it more within yourself that you can you know, rather than depending on external circumstances. I love feeling at home within myself. It's something, a term that I use for my coaching as well and for my online program. Um, how does feeling at home within yourself mean, to, like, what does it mean to you? How does it look like? Beautiful question. I think for me, it really means, for me, it's basically... Um, even though I feel at home, whether if it's Peru or in Chile, um, I'm not one of them. Uh, but I don't feel an outsider either. Uh, it helps me a lot to feel at home with myself is to be to see myself as a, you know, a part of a bigger thing. The Peruvian culture, the Chilean culture. Um, and to really be humble yeah, to, to be humble, to have genuine curiosity towards the place where you live, towards the local culture, practice, habits. Um, and of course, I think every expert will recognize that once in a while you'll feel resistance. And for me, 
you know, feeling at home, even though I once in a while feel resistance, is really to also, let's say, lean into the resistance and mm. to just try to understand what it says about you or about myself yeah. in this case. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I get what you mean. And I totally agree with that. Like sometimes we try to push our emotions away because we don't want to feel them because they're very unpleasant. But actually, these emotions are here to teach us something or, you know, to, to say something to us. So if there is resistance, like, like you said, lean into it. What does it mean? What does it say about you? And what could you change possibly to make that resistance a little bit lighter for the next time? Because we don't always have to experience resistance, obviously. So I like that you say this. Yeah, I think for me, um, experiencing resistance nine out of the 10 times comes because your own perception or your own view on certain things um, is taking over, basically. And yeah, as an expat, you carry a culture, a personality that is, if you like it or not, different than the place where you live, because you and I are both Dutch, but even if we would move to Belgium, which is a country crossing the border, speaking this more or less the same language, you're culturally wired different as well. And very often that's where also the resistance comes from. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, you actually do this for a living, right? You look at cultural differences. I um, do. Yeah. And you, you look at the perception i think of cultures as well and i you know you try to help teams to overcome those challenges from these cultural differences can you maybe share what led you to that career that career change actually and how you worked with it right now yeah i so um thanks for an excellent summary <laughs> i would say you 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 <laughs> almost nailed it no joking but uh, <laughs> Um, what I do is I indeed look at um, cultural perception. And what that basically simply said means is that two different cultures can look at the exact same other culture, the third one in this case, and perceive them in a very different way. Um, let, let me share an example. So um, I use the culture map from Professor Aaron Meyer. And on that culture map, we look at eight dimensions we call them and those are eight skills that um, indicate behavior certain behavior of a certain culture and if we look at how we build trust across the globe and I think you know this probably you know you you have been a diplomat in Brazil and Brazil is a very very interesting example mm -hmm. if we look at how we build trust every culture regardless of location everyone agrees on around the world that Trust is important in order to do business, whether if it's volunteer work or, or million dollar multinationals, trust is important. And trust is built both from the brain and from the heart. So we look at cognitive brain trust and emotional trust. And in, for example, Scandinavia or uh, more northern central European countries like the Netherlands as well, uh, we tend to really divide or separate emotional from cognitive trust. So emotional trust is more for family, for uh, friends, for, let's say, personal, private settings, where, for example, in emerging markets, Brazil, uh, Latin America, but also in 
Belgium and also in Spain and also in Italy, we um, th- those t- two types of trust are much more woven into each other, which means that you need to focus much more on building the relationship, basically. And if we then look at how we perceive one another, someone that is from Scandinavia that are they have a very clear separation between emotional and affective trust. Um, someone from Brazil would perceive that person as super cold impersonal not willing to invest in the relationship and will probably hesitate you know to sign a business deal with that person where someone from the netherlands would perceive that scandinavian much differently like also productive so effective you know uh very very concrete to the point Uh, so what i do is i work with organizations where i help professionals and teams that work internationally with different cultures to overcome these type of examples in order to build high-performing teams with better business results. And that comes from a pure pain that I personally experienced, in, uh, especially in Japan. And I think everyone knows that Japan is a very unique culture. It's an island it doesn't have a lot of influences from uh, from other cultures. Um, and I moved for, for my employer back then. And I was I got a lot of support in terms of you're gonna move to Japan, how does healthcare work, how um, you know, how does it work with a bank and setting up all the, 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 the you know the drill basically. But then when I was managing a team of local Japanese South Koreans and I had to, I hired someone from Hong Kong I really realized that the cultural perception started to play a part so I perceived all of these three different cultures differently they all perceived me differently messages landed in in uh, in a completely different context really and then when I tried to seek for help and I asked for help I I really knocked on a closed door I don't know. Is that how you use that expression? But uh, I don't know. I, actually. Think, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know either. But let's say uh, help was it. It it was very hard to um, to help to get help on that. And um, the more research I started to do, the more I figured out that the majority of studies on this topic is from one culture to another. So a book of how to survive. Uh, Americans or how to do business with Japanese. But I realized that, first of all, I, of course, I didn't have time to for all the cultures that I interacted with to read a book. That's one. And then also the fact that I was Dutch didn't play a part in all of that research either. Um, so that was very challenging and also very frustrating. Um, cost had a huge effect on my well-being as well because I moved for my employer with the ambition to book fantastic results. I was there, I was sent there for a reason, you know. Um and then I was going back and forth and and it became extremely challenging for for myself but also for my team and for peers coming from different cultural backgrounds as well. So when I moved back to the Netherlands for uh, H&M as well, I I knew that one day I had to, let's say, prevent others from going through the same thing as I experienced. 
and um and then in 2021 i yeah i i let go of 17 years of payroll and i took a leap of faith uh purely and only because yeah i wanted to work in this industry and simply said those jobs really didn't exist in in a payroll environment either and i knew that because i i've been searching a lot to get help and it was simply not there mm -hmm. yeah so uh this wow, is quite uh, a story sorry There's for so, claiming no, a bit of time i'm like tell me more because this is so interesting um so i love these this perception of cultures and i something also that i recognize and like you said you can read a book about the americans or the europeans um but that doesn't necessarily give you the tools to really understand the culture because it's not taking into account your own position and your perception so that's really cool can you share a little bit how you actually work with teams to overcome these different perceptions like how do you make them work better together yeah so like i think this is an opinion that we share but um we always start with ourselves so what i do is i in the cultural in the culture map in the framework i map out someone's personal cultural profile it's not something that i have invented this is designed and created and in so that basically gives the opportunity to show okay amanda uh, we don't know each other super well, but here you have your personal cultural profile, which also could be different from the Netherlands where you grew up. Uh, and then we look at the cultures of interest, meaning uh, maybe you're leading a team of one specific culture or you operate in Brazil or you name it, all cultures yeah. of your interest for your effect and effectiveness work. Just pause you there and go back to the personal culture map because you say it can be different from the Netherlands, even if I yeah. grew up there. So how where is this how is this uh, personal map made of? So it's a questionnaire that basically looks at um uh that basically all the questions are designed in a way to measure your preference. So the culture map has eight skills uh, and I will not go into all eight because we will be running out of time. But mm. one, for example, is communication, where from left to right, we map out your preferred communication style um, from very explicit, meaning a lot of words, uh, like summaries at the end, very concrete everything will be set in words rather if it's written or or verbal and on the other end of that scale we will find high context communication and that simply means that um you believe that when you start a dialogue for example the the context is already shared so communication is much more in between the lines much more abstract um it it doesn't require so many words because context is already shared and everyone let's say has the same starting point in a conversation and when we look at the personal profile map we see okay in this case you amanda we see that the dutch uh culture as a nation is relatively explicit something that probably you doesn't surprise you, mm -hmm. uh, but it could be that you have lived abroad, you uh, grew up in different countries, 
you are raised in a multicultural environment that your personal profile has or your personal preference has moved slightly from the environment that you grew up in. And so we do that based on that questionnaire on all of those eight skills. And then we look at, okay, so if you operate in the Netherlands or you operate in Brazil or in Peru, you're leading a multicultural team, where does the gap, the gaps lay? And what can you personally and with the right mindset do in order to overcome um, potential challenges? Because there's no wrong or right on that map. It's mm -hmm. just how we perceive each other. Yeah. Wow, this is so cool. And what are some of the results that you've gained with your work? How do teams now work better together? Okay, so I... I uh, The first results, zero exceptions, is always that the awareness of the fact that this exists is 40% of, let's say, eliminates 40% of the frustration. Many pains that are caused or a consequence of cultural differences and cultural perception are not, let's say, automatically related to that, that, that they're caused by that. So in teams, you see a lot of, let's say, um, employee dissatisfaction, higher illness, um, you know, and what organizations do is then they invest in trainings to decrease illness or leadership trainings. And they're really fighting and firefighting the pain, but not really managing the cost. So the awareness of that this exists is brings a lot of aha. Okay, you know. So I get that. Yeah. That, yeah. No, definitely. And 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 that is always extremely for me also very satisfying. Um, and what you see is that teams communicate better. Uh, feedback is um, given in a way that works for everyone. Uh, extremely interesting example is, for example, that in the US, um, it's a common practice that if you have negative feedback, that you provide that together with three compliments. And if you come from a culture like myself, and for example, the Netherlands or... Um, France, for example, that is very confusing because if I receive three compliments, I will not hear the negative because I am used to the fact that if I receive negative feedback, that stands on its own. And that's my preference. And then the personal culture map also shows that preference. So if you want to develop a team, we all agree that feedback is essential. But if we're not giving the feedback in the way that works for that for the receiver or the the one that provides the feedback, yeah, you're really facing a dead end. Yeah. So you see team, I see teams that work uh, more, let's say smoother, but happier for sure with better results and a lot less time because a lot of time is lost in yes communications frustrations absolutely um people get insecure and because of that perform lower managers of teams are extremely lost you know with all mm -hmm. the right intentions and with fantastic leadership skills but if you're not 
used or if you're not trained on, you know, managing a team with those cultural perceptions in mind, I mean, who to blame? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think your work is so interesting and I wish I had known about this earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you know, you know, I worked as a diplomat in Brazil and there were definitely cultural issues or differences there at play. And I really recognize what you say, like there are trainings on certain topics, but never really on the real issue um, where communication is going wrong, basically. And I think so many teams could benefit from this kind of work, saving so much time. Yeah, absolutely. It saves so much time. And um, but also expats moving for work related reasons like me, like myself in Japan, if I would have only known my own personal profile and that versus the Japanese I without a doubt I would it would have saved me three months of time accumulated and so much frustration yeah because I had uh, so many attempts to I mean, simple example is that Japanese are a very collective culture. So the interest of the group is bigger than the interest of the individual, which is different in Central Europe and Northern Europe. Uh, and now I'm actually, um, I shouldn't say it like this because each country within Europe has their differences as well. But let's say me being Dutch, it's very different. We're much more an individual driven uh, society. And I started saying to my Japanese team, like, you know, this is a safe space. I really would like to receive your feedback. You know, together we will have to make this work, but I need your input. And Japanese are not incapable of doing that. They're not incapable of speaking up and sharing their opinion. But they are very uncomfortable doing that alone as an individual in front of their Japanese group. So what you do is you drop that, let's say that desire. I would really like your feedback. And as a manager, you leave the room and you will ask them in an hour or so, let's talk about it. And they will come with excellent ideas, excellent. Mm. But because they collectively have to agree on their, in the input that they provide. And I didn't know. So I was like pulling and pushing and, you know, at a certain point started to evaluate their performance based on the fact that they didn't show any initiative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could have saved so much time. Yeah. (laughs) If I just knew myself, like my personal preference versus theirs. So not even if you have a multicultural team, but if also if you're an expat and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just living in a country. And so can people get their personal profile map on the internet or with you? How does it work? Yeah, so um, you can get it with me. If you if you get it with, you can get, also get it online if you want to. It's a paid service. Um, and then you get your personal profile map um, as a report. But that is purely and only the map. So then you have to do the research and how it works and what does it mean. Uh, you have to uh, do that homework yourself, basically. If you do it with me, you get the personal profile map. 
with a report, a personal report based on the cultures of your interest. So if you're Brazilian and you're going to move to Portugal, you will get your personal report, a Brazilian report, a Portuguese one, and any of the cultures of your interest together with an hour and a half session to go through and to look at your team and at your personal report or your colleagues or whatever people or cultural backgrounds that are important for your success. Um, yes, that answers the question, I think, no? That's, yeah, it does. I think every expat who is going abroad or who's living abroad and is like pushing and pulling and not getting anywhere should do this. Like in an hour and a half, you can gain so much information, so much knowledge, knowledge and insights that can really save you a lot of time and mostly frustration, I think. Definitely. And um, and it shows so much about yourself. It's really, really uh, for me, it was super liberating when I found out and that this existed. Also, because I, for example, I found out that my personal profile is is very Dutch in terms of the pattern, but of course, not 100% uh, aligned with the Dutch culture. And it showed me like so many insights on, oh, but this is why I'm getting annoyed when this and this happens. Or this is why... Um, also in friendships, in relationships, in with family, you're like, ah, but this is what well, this is not them. It's not me. It's the fact that we have a different view on these type of things, on how we provide feedback, if we're confrontational or not, if we like to agree when we're making decisions, or you know, you're very comfortable with top-down decisions, basically. So it's a very fun process learning about yourself in this. Very I can fun. Imagine, yeah. yeah. I'm always, I'm we should do, do one. one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it will we be should really do one. cool. Yeah, we should definitely do one. Okay, so these are all like you know how to deal with cultural differences, and you already touched upon some of the things that you learned about yourself as you moved abroad. Um, your curiosity, staying humble, um, your self reliance. Would you say there are other qualities that you think expats need if they go abroad for the first time or multiple times? What I makes say, like a good expat? I would say what, in my humble opinion, what helps is to be open minded, because if you move to another country and you're not open-minded towards new ways of looking at things, culture, the food, healthcare, and you really, really want to stick with, let's say, what you're used to or how what makes you feel comfortable. I don't think it's wrong, but it's going to be much more challenging and frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I would say being open-minded really yeah. helps make your yeah. life easier i guess definitely yeah <laughs> definitely. definitely yeah definitely yeah it's funny actually um i was just talking to someone who complained that uh, there were uh guys painting some houses on the outside and that they put their music on and he was like why are they inv invading my peace and quiet in my house with their music outside <laughs> Yeah, And it's yeah. so funny because I thought, oh, yeah, I would totally say this, too, if I had never lived in Latin America, where music is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where yeah. you can hardly have a phone call on the street because there's yeah, bands exactly. everywhere. And, and yeah. I remember being in Rio, laying on the beach, and like I was surrounded by uh, 
music boxes, uh, uh, speakers, um, f five different funky songs were playing at the same time. And I was also really annoyed at that time. I thought, let me have my quiet time on the beach. Yeah, I can But imagine. as I, you know, I started to open up and I thought, okay, but this is music is part of their culture and they are expressing themselves every kind of way here. I got more used to it and I totally accepted it more. And I could also see it as like this interesting element of their culture rather than something annoying. Definitely, and now that yeah. I'm I'm back home, it's like, it's serving me. It's quite nice. It's, you say now that I'm back home, but does it for you after living abroad for such a long time, moving back to the country where you're born, would you say, does it still, is it home really? That's a beautiful question. Actually, I was going to ask you the same one because I think oh. you lived abroad more than me. <laughs> but um, it's very, it's very complex. I would say yes, it is my home country, and I like to compare living abroad um, with and and your home country with different kind of clothes. So, living abroad is this beautiful new dress that you have that just suits you perfectly. You feel really, really good in it. But you also feel a bit uncomfortable, you know, as a woman, you know what I mean. Like it's, yeah. you, know, you go out for a night out, but it's not always comfortable. And then your home country feels like your favorite jeans, the jeans that you've had for a couple of years that you just put on, it fits your body type and you just feel totally relaxed in it. And my home country definitely still feels that way. still like my comfortable jeans. Um, but I really love living in Brazil and it was really hard for me to to leave there and to come back home and I definitely struggled the first year and a half I would say especially the first year um because I just miss so many things from the Brazilian culture that fitted me really well so I'm really curious about my personal uh, culture map because I think I'm not 100% Dutch in that way um and I really experienced the Dutch culture as really individualistic it was hard in the beginning to meet new people, whereas in Brazil you meet, like if you enter a city yeah. alone, like on day two, you already have 20 friends probably. And yeah, here you're probably Netherlands... invited to to many occasions, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. and here it wasn't the case. And I have to admit it was also a pandemic, so it made it a little bit uh, more difficult. But yeah, it's something I really struggle with. And not just that, it's just... Um... Yeah, everything is. I feel everything is a little bit more narrow-minded here, or at least more narrow-minded than I am. And that, yeah, so that those things, it's it is still my home country, but it doesn't always feel like my home. And I feel like home is in different countries right now, which is also really annoying because you'll never have it in one place anymore. And that's something that's a hard reality to accept, actually. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. So I how's that? How's that for you? I, for me, um, when I had hard times living abroad, and trust me, it 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 has been tough. Also, you know, health wise, and and I worked as a crisis manager for H and M, but I also managed a lot of personal crises. Um, so it has not been always easy, obviously. But I realized that when I came back to the Netherlands. I I really realized that, you know, it didn't really feel like home because it felt comfortable, convenient. Um, but also I became much more aware of certain, I don't know, procedures or rules or protocols and, and everything that I, yeah. you know. <laughs> of course, in Latin America, 
that that existence is a bit lower as well. Like there are less rules and less regulations. Um, but because I didn't, I wasn't part of the Dutch life for a very long time. I kind of forgot about many things. And then coming back, oh yeah, it was really, really tough and, and very challenging. And I realized everything changed and nothing changed. And then I, then I, I did, did the work myself and realized, yeah, okay, but it's also because I changed and home got a different meaning. I, I became much more flexible, easier to adapt to different things. Um, I let go a lot of perception. Like I think before living in the Netherlands, you know, I, I got, I experienced frustration when things were going as expected. And now I don't have an expectation. They go as they go, really. Yeah. I recognize and that. And that too. eliminates. Yeah. So yeah, home got a different meaning for me. Also, because now when I'm going to the Netherlands, which let's say then within brackets is home, it doesn't really feel like a holiday either. But it doesn't feel like home either. It's yeah. a really weird sensation that I think every yeah. expat can relate to. Yeah, definitely. And I guess for me, it was a bit, little bit different because I always knew I was going to come back to the Netherlands or somewhere else, but I wasn't going to stay indefinitely in Brazil. So yeah, yeah. but I do recognize this like weird feeling. It's not home, but it's not holiday either. And yeah, it's weird. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's weird. But um it's also very liberating and you gain so much experience from living abroad. And so you learn so much about yourself that, um, that also makes you look different at what used to be home. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember being part of a, a goodbye reception for um, a Scandinavian colleague and her ambassador gave a little speech and he said, like, when you go back home, people expect that you stay the same, that you, yeah, that you're still the person that left. Um, but actually what happened is that by living abroad, you change so much and you will run into that. It, that's not actually what he said, but I'm, I'm, I'm like adding it to it now. But he, he basically said, like, living abroad changed you in so many ways and people back home don't take that into account. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's something I, I definitely noticed myself as well. I can relate. I can relate. And also everyone goes through their own journey. And if you have been away from, let's say ho your home country for several years, of course, everyone else also changed. And, and I think you need to give yourself some slack in order to also you know, find your place, claim your space back into your home country if you come back from uh, from a period living abroad. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree, like you also think that everything stayed the same in your home country and maybe superficially it looks that way. Uh, but then your friends have moved on, you know, um, stores changed for something else. Of course, yes. All of a sudden yeah. there are new rules or new... I remember coming back home and there was this talk about this singing duo, like a man and a woman. And I'm like, who the, who the <laughs> hell are they? Like, <laughs> I kept hearing their names and I just totally missed out on... Even though I read the newspaper every day, you know, I just missed out on so many things. 
Oh, I have I have exactly the same. Like three weeks ago, my best friend from the Netherlands was here in Lima. And there was a song on Spotify or something. And I asked her, who on earth are these? And then she she looked at me and said, you have been living under a stone, really? Like, how? <laughs> how? I said, this is a whole new type of music sound or melody. I have zero clue. And she just said, yeah, okay, I'm not going to go there. Just let it go. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. really, you miss out on so many of these things. Yeah, it's true. But you you gain back so much uh, other so many other things. So that's oh, great. absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. To round uh, our interview up, even though I could talk to you for hours, I think we've I, never met. Likewise, but, like, we can have long conversations. Um, I, there's something that I ask all my interviewees, all my guests on the show, and that is, what is your number one hack to make living or traveling abroad easier? Yeah. Oh, Amanda, yeah, it's a it's a, a beautiful question. I I also feel it's a very loaded question for me, at least, because I think it's for me it's very personal. Um, but what has been something that I learned the hard way because of making a lot of mistakes, or uh, especially if you move abroad for work related purposes, I feel that work and your personal life merge kind of into one and the same thing you probably go out with your colleagues if you have if you need help you will reach out to your employer or your business or colleagues in order to get help and it all becomes one well let's say happy family um what i would say what helped me a lot and also recently moving to lima with my partner is to whatever the purpose is of you moving abroad, whether if it's building a business or study or uh, doing volunteer work or to travel is to set personal goals. And those, it sounds maybe a bit, that's not so sexy, but you know, what is it personally that you want to gain or that you want to get out of the adventure for as long as it lasts? For me, for example, we moved to Lima to build a business here, but on my personal goal, I want to learn to cook Peruvian. And nice. Yeah, I'm I'm I had my first lesson. We had a class. I I learned so much starting from scratch. What type of knives do you use? Where do you buy the fish? I mean, for everyone who doesn't know, Peruvian cuisine is something different. It's uh, I would say one of the best of the world. So I feel so blessed to be able to, you know allow myself to learn to cook Peruvian, to be exposed to different things, but really to have a personal goal and to say, okay, this is what I want to get out of this time for how long it will last. If it's short or long, it could be, I don't know, Kung Fu classes or learning how to surf, you know, but really to set something for yourself as a, as a human being, whether yeah. if it's you professionally or personally, but really to ask yourself, what is it that you want to get out of it? And what do you want to learn or yeah. do? I love this. I really love this. And I think you can take this a little bit broader because if you move abroad to be with the love of your life, it's still really good to have something just for you, just a personal goal. 
Oh, this absolutely. Will, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can probably relate <laughs> ah, <yeah>. to that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I love this. And I think personal goals are very sexy. Like I, I, this is something that I teach in expert life school as well is to really have a vision, know where you're going, because that will help you to make choices that are more aligned with you. Um, it will help you to feel more successful within yourself, whatever successful means to you. But um, it makes it a little bit more intentional and you're not just like waiting for external circumstances or responding to external cir circumstances. You have your own goals as well. And this creates like a really strong inner core. So I love this yeah. answer actually. Oh, great. I'm, ha <laughs> I'm happy that you, that, that you didn't think it was not too sexy, you know, to say, but um, no, I, yeah, for me, it's, it's, uh, and I mean, moving to Singapore, I didn't have this. And mm -hmm. I got caught up in daily life. You always say, yeah. you know, life is what happens when you live abroad. Well, I, yeah. I I have been such a witness of that. And then it made me look back at the end of an assignment thinking, I have, what what on earth did I get out of this assignment? Yeah. Other than the experience and living abroad yeah. and being a part of a bigger thing. But you know, I, I, yeah, I had a great time and that was it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, it helps me now to set intentions, set goals, to book the classes, great. to be surrounded with a bunch of Peruvians that I can hardly communicate with, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really making an effort because I want to. Yeah, that is great. I hope this, this will be a reminder for everyone who's listening to think of their personal goal um, as they're listening to this episode and see what they can do today, maybe to get that ball rolling. So yeah, that's great. definitely, Very definitely. Much. And I think I, I already shared this with you before, but uh, if something like expat life school would have existed in my time in 2020, in 2016, uh, moving abroad, I, uh, I, it would have, my life would have been so much better. Mm, really, so because nice there's so many things that you have to figure out. You, you know, there's a first for everything, and it helps so much to know not to be alone and yeah. and to get the support and the skills in order to thrive. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm really glad you say that because that's exactly why I created this program. So, you know, I didn't have it either, and I think there's so much more to gain from living abroad rather than. I don't know, like daily life just ha happening. Um, you can be so much more intentional about it and there will, things will happen in expat life, bad things as well. There are certain phases that we all go through and it's so nice to have that support and to know, okay, this is normal. This is what I can do about it. Um, so this is exactly why I created the program. Yeah, it, I think it's a, it's a blessing, really. Yeah, thank you. Where can people find you if they are interested in their own personal culture map profile uh, or just want to learn more about you or follow you for tips or inspiration? Well, I, I would love that. I'm extremely uh, motivated by, you know, having contact. So definitely uh, reach out, no strings attached. I, uh, I really like to connect with people. Uh, so my website is my first and last name, which is cocohoffs.com. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under my own name or on Instagram under cross-cultural solutions by Coco. And I would love to hear uh, from everyone or 
get in touch really that's great i hope that this will be an invitation for everyone who's listening i'll include your uh handles on uh, in the show notes so people can thank look you. you up great definitely Coco, thanks thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge like i could talk to you for hours about these topics the cultural differences and expat life and um i think we will personally <laughs> yeah i'd I love definitely. to see you for a glass of wine when you're in the netherlands um but for now we I already have you. a date right yeah, I say somewhere in May. We're yes, gonna we are very looking forward to it. We're just gonna <laughs> say somewhere in May. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's by the That's way, fine. not so Latin to already plan something exactly. for me. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, but we're definitely. gonna keep it fake, but we'll definitely see each other. And for now, definitely. I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, and um, it has been great. Thank you. Wow, I really like this interview and I could talk for many more hours with Coco and I'm sure that we will actually with a glass of wine. <laughs> now, if you want to get more acquainted with Coco's work, Coco will host a bonus masterclass on overcoming cultural differences for Expat Life School. And this means that as a member of Expat Life School, you get this bonus masterclass for free. It will be a live masterclass, but it will also be recorded so you can watch the replay if you can't make it live. And what I'm particularly happy about is that Coco is making a bespoke masterclass for our group, meaning that she will create a presentation around the nationalities of our group and the nationalities that we work with or cultures that we live in. So this is going to be a super interesting masterclass for sure. I can't wait. And something that Coco has very kindly offered to expert life schoolers as well is that she will give a 30% discount to anyone who wants their own maps and the session with Coco. So that means that you'll get your own personal culture map and it will be mapped out against the nationalities that you're working with or the culture that you're living in. And you will get this all documented and you will also get a session with Coco to explore it a little bit more and to get tips and tricks from her. So if you want to join Expert Life School and you also want to follow Coco's masterclass as well, get a discounted session, then wait no longer and join Expert Life School. We are starting on the 5th of March and there are still a few places left. You can sign up through the link in the show notes. See you next time. 